0: Hello guys, and welcome back to the Rootsway Podcast. I'm your host Jason Ringenberg. Today we have my great friend Brett Henry Baxter, one of the most talented musicians I've ever had the pleasure of seeing in person on campfire trips around the Southwest. He's goddamn the most incredible person that you could ever expect to see around a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> He's currently touring with his band uh, Radio Ranch. They're going all around the West. Yes. Um, the audio gets a little weird. Sorry about that. Transitioning to a new microphone. But uh, here we go. Here is Rhett Henry Baxter of Radio Ranch. Thank you, guys. Love yourself. Roots away. You
1: How's it going? Good, Jason. How you doing, man? Oh, good. Oh,
0: good. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, man. So my name's Rhett Henry Baxter. Uh, I'm an old friend of Jason's. We met back in, uh, well, we met in in South Lake Tahoe a few years ago, and then we hung out a lot in Moab right after, kind of a couple months after COVID had hit, and um, since then i i've kind of left the outdoor scene not completely but you know that was kind of my main thing and i've become a kind of a full-time working musician and i have a project called radio ranch right now that i'm that i've been spending a lot of time working on and building over the course of the last two years with my partner camille kelly and uh We've been on the road for the last two years, for the most part, nine months last year, and got back in February and have been hanging out, played a couple festivals and some bigger shows, and uh, yeah, prepping up for another, another tour this November.
2: Yeah, dude, uh, seems like you've been real busy with the music stuff.
1: Yeah, man, it's been it's been a a whirlwind, a change of pace. But I'll tell you what, freaking, um, you know, living the dirtbag life for a couple of years, climbing and living out of the back of the truck, really prepped me for being a musician. Makes being a musician a lot easier. Being on the road, I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it gives you like lots of stories to talk about as well. Um, well yeah, to sing about, I'll talk about
1: well yeah yeah to sing and talk about (laughs) but yeah that whole the whole you know we released an album two years ago um it's called 10 sleep and that album was kind of a culmination of of kind of a life lived you know outside climbing and skiing and doing all those things you know I, i moved to nashville when i was 19 and wanted to be a songwriter so badly and um uh, I remember, you know, six months into that experience, yeah, I loved Nashville, but I, I kind of realized at nineteen years old I didn't really I didn't have the stories to write that I wanted to write, you know. And um I left that scene and kind of immediately started climbing again and um ended up moving out to California and then to New Mexico and back to California. And and, you know, those those six or seven years i I was writing and playing music a little bit, you know, I'd pick up a guitar every every now and then and uh but and I'd write a song you know maybe one a year or something, but then Covid hit you know and and i I hit the road at the time um and that's when we linked up and just after that that period of living in Moab for those couple months, you know I moved back to Tahoe was was there and in Yosemite kind of back and forth for a couple months and, and then I decided to move to Denver and slow things down and I kind of burnt out honestly that's mainly what happened with climbing and skiing you know I just I'd been going hard at it for years and and I love it to death I still love it but I just I'd reached this point where I didn't really see what my future was in it and I was having me battling some kind of mental, uh, some. I was just battling some anxiety, and as many people did during COVID, and I moved to Denver, and man, I just like poured myself into my guitar, and I wrote just song after song after song, and then I and then I, I was writing so much that I was like, man, I wonder if I can write like fifty songs in a year, and and you know, I, I came pretty close to that. I don't know if I hit fifty, but uh you know i basically just poured myself into the guitar and all those stories from those 6 years kind of fueled that first album and that's when i wrote that first album uh if you listen to like 10 sleep that whole album is the story of of the people that i knew and and the the kind of life that i lived for a little bit
2: yeah i mean Ten Sleep is still like one of my favorite
1: albums of any artist ever. I listen to it. Oh, yeah, it's really sweet. It's pretty raw. It's kind of hard to yeah, listen to you sometimes for me, but <laughs>
2: uh, I love that album. I listen to it all the time.
3: Um,
2: yeah, well, so you moved to Nashville at 19, and you just didn't have any content, and now like traveling over. You know, how old are you now? Like probably 28 now Twenty eight, twenty nine. yeah yeah uh so yeah over like 10 years of traveling in the west of course like you have content sort of to to get that yeah you know
1: it's 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 so funny i feel like when you're on the road as a musician I, i have a hard time understanding sometimes how how musicians write music and and tour and oh i guess that's like why songwriting became a thing you know professional songwriters in nashville were a thing because the touring musicians didn't have time or the bandwidth to really write songs back you know kind of during that revolution and um but you know i'm one of those people that you gotta you gotta go out and live a little bit and write write from that and draw from that and that's why i think a lot of people in the americana genre are are really blowing up is and they're older because they've lived a little more, you know, and they have those stories to draw on. And that's the kind of songwriting that I've always been like really attracted to is, you know, people that are drawing from, yeah. from real experience outside of like music, because in the end, not a lot of people can really relate to like, you know, what you're going through as a musician <laughs> on the road, you know, it's not enough to write about. Yeah yeah totally i mean
3: as you kind of know i think i went to nashville pretty recently
2: um with my friend jenny and we experienced like so much music culture it was oh yeah pretty it's like, an interesting culture there it's like, yeah <laughs> it's like everybody's playing music everywhere and everybody's trying to make it it seems like i don't know but like it yeah. makes for a great experiences
1: yeah you know. <laughs> No, it really does. Yeah, Nashville's yeah. an interesting place, man. You got some You got yeah, that's that's a that's a wild place, man. You got Broadway where you know, those musicians are crazy down there. They straight up, you know, when you when you go into, you know, a club or a bar on Broadway, you know, those mus- musicians are kind of like hired upon the idea that if someone shouts out a song, you can like, play it on a dime. You know, if it's on the, you know, if it's in the charts and it's country song, you gotta be able to play it. And you have got everything from that to like the songwriter scene, and like kind of the alt country scene that's popping off right now, with, like Nikki Lane and all those those cats in Nashville. And then you got everything that's happening in in like the pop country scene, you know, and uh it's kind of a diverse yeah a diverse yeah. place
2: yeah i know me and jenny went there like our first day maybe it was our first day yeah i think it was our first day we like went to broadway and it seems like every single place you go in there there's like lots of people playing music like every single spot you go to and oh I'm yeah like, oh, oh yeah this is what nashville's like cool <laughs>
1: was that your first time in nashville
2: uh, yeah, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, me and my friend Jenny went there because I don't know, we were like both getting over a breakup and we just like needed something to do to like take our minds off it, I guess. And yeah, we went to Nashville together and yeah, pretty much like tried to do all of it and we did pretty successfully with like all of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: do you ever make it over to East Nashville in like the basement or anything like that? The five spot? Uh, no, no, nah. I didn't. I like.
3: I tried to go to the Bluebird, but they were like super sold out. Oh yeah, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, no, it, it gets that way. Yeah, yeah. So you're traveling around. You're writing songs. Um, what's like a really
2: cool inspiration you had for a song? that uh that you experienced like just like break through one of the songs you know you know what i mean
1: totally yeah oh man i mean you know each one of those on that album kind of has like a different story And um, you know two years ago when i about the same time that i moved away from tahoe and i was living in denver i met this gal and um she was living up in portland and she was playing music and it was kind of a funny little story. So, you know, this is my partner today and she, she was working as a mountain athletic trainer, you know, for like a personal trainer for people with Alpine objectives. And uh, at the time I was doing photography and climbing and skiing. Right. And my feed popped up and her recommended feed on Instagram and that's kind of how we connected, and then we realized we were both playing music, and then we started going on these road trips together. And she ended up moving to Montana, and that's why I ended up moving to Montana, as I, I kind of followed her up there. And um, God, that sounded a little creepy there for a second. I swear it was—we uh, we're, were—it was a mutually agreed upon thing. You know, I was going to, at the time was planning on moving back to Nashville. She was like, no, I'm going up to Whitefish, Montana. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to follow you. And um, I, I helped her move up to Montana. And then I, I went away for a few weeks back to the East coast to help out some family. And I remember being on the phone in, in New Haven, Connecticut, and I'd flown into New York and you know, I'd gotten off the plane, I had like a cowboy hat on, and it's kind of my uniform now and boots and um and she she'd called me and told me that Montana ain't the same without you and I was like, "Son of a bitch, that's a song you know <laughs> that that happens a lot with us, you know one yeah. of us will say something, and the other's like, "Oh my God, uh, well, we gotta write that right now and um that had happened with that yeah. and yeah, i, know. I if If you listen to that album it's it's yeah. really a linear story. It's not too hard to to kind of put together <laughs> what what had happened theres um but that would be one you know ten sleep also ten sleep's just a culmination of of the last six years of my life i mean really up to that point two years ago, you know all those all those lines in that song were you know, they, they were just things that I picked up or noticed. And, you know, that's that's something about songwriting that I really love is I think I think one of the most beautiful things about songwriting is it teaches you to be more present in your everyday life. You know, you start to pick up on little things like there's the line in that song, you know, where I remember just driving down three, you know, a, a couple of years ago uh right before COVID hit actually i had gone down and i i climbed um oh shoot that pinnacle what's the pinnacle out near aspen dale or uh shoot Cardinal. oh I'd, I'd gone out and I, climbed I, cardinal I... pinnacle and uh <laughs> yeah we'd gone out and climbed cardinal pinnacle and i started started at midnight um started at midnight on the regular route. And I remember driving up though to that route and driving up to Bishop from Tahoe that night, like late after work. And I looked out my passenger side window and I could see the Milky Way and, you know, the stars in the Sierra, unlike anything really when it's dark and you're on 395, they're just glowing. And, and, you know, I mean, that's something that I think anyone would notice while on that drive, but I just had to, I took a note of it and I was like, all right, I'm 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 putting that away. I didn't know at the time if it was going to be for a song or, or what, but it's kind of, you know, the lines like that, or they come pretty naturally because it's just stuff that I notice. And that whole song is full of those things. They're not just made up. They're just, they're just little notes that I took over the course of, of a couple of years. And that's kind of how
3: I like to build, build things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I know exactly the song you're talking about. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, all your lyrics are like kind of alluding to like things you've seen before, and that's like a very good thing for a songwriter. I feel like just like trying to make sense of the beautiful things in your life and make them poetic and put them to music. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, and you do a really good job. I remember like the first time. I saw you sing at a campfire
0: in Moab. I was immediately like, "Oh, how is he not famous?" First of all, oh man.
1: my god, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Jason. I wish I could remember what I wish I could remember what songs were sung around that campfire. I, I really, I can't. I think I was a little inebriated, perhaps.
2: Um. Yeah, I think we all were pretty inebriated. <laughs> <at> that <laughs> it was point. a good
1: time, though. <laughs> Yeah, there but it was, was nights nice like lot that, of, man. Of like, old. yeah, you know, I I couldn't have written that yeah, album yeah. without nights like that.
3: Well, yeah, I mean that's what it's like, right? That's like how you get that inspiration. That's you know, just like appreciating yeah. things uh, very closely in
2: every way. Yeah, I think it was like, um, I think Jenna went first, and then. Then you like came on, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" I think I told <laughs> you that as well. Like at the time, it was yeah, probably yeah. like at yeah, Willow Springs in Moab or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's exactly um, where it was. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's uh, that campground is actually paid now, which is kind of
1: lame. But oh no way, man! We're we're planning on stopping through there on tour. <laughs> I was like, we got free camping, y'all. Uh, I guess not. <laughs>
2: uh, no, there's there's other spaces. I'll tell you. no oh, I'm sure. Where are, but, but. I'm sure they're all Moab will always be free. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I mean, there's there's spots. Um, I'm not going to blow it up for everybody to hear. But yeah, yeah I feel that. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So you've done your album. It released. You did your music video, which was amazing, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, and now you're like touring pretty regularly with like really cool people. I saw you
3: on, um, on like things that that are like really huge. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're trying to call in a, a a few more. You know, we'd love to start opening for a bigger act, but um you know we were really lucky we got to play under the big sky festival this year which was just uh you know it was really cool it was it was a four-year goal two years ago and uh i remember we went to the festival right after moving to whitefish we'd gone to the festival and seen so many you know artists that you know are very aspirational to us and uh and I remember standing in front of the stage with with Camille and being like, man, we're going to we're going to play this stage in four years. And, um, you know, that was that was right after we would moved there. <laughs> I was living in the Walmart parking lot in the back of my truck. And uh, a couple of weeks later, we recorded our first album and, you know, we brought my brother in to play the drums. And um, my buddy Zach Harden came in from from Nashville at the time to play Upright. And, uh, we recorded that album and, but yeah, and then, you know, two years went by and, you know, we're not, we're not touring and playing clubs or anything like that right now. You know, we've been the last, the last two years have been playing a lot of breweries, a lot of bars, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a grind and, um, but it was really cool because we got back in February and we'd found out at the festival last year that we were going to be playing this year, and um, so we had we had a lot of time to prepare for it. And yeah, July came around, and you know we we played an early set. We weren't expecting too many people to come out, and we had you know thousands of people there, and it was it was a really really special moment. And um, yeah, I'll never forget it. And I got to meet. I got to meet pretty much pretty much everyone else that played the festival, and there were some big names on there that you know I've been looking up to for years, and it was really cool to talk to them and
3: uh, yeah it was, it was a really great time, really special,
2: yeah dude, it seems to me like you kind of got there like almost overnight <laughs> a little bit. Oh man, I wish it felt that way. (laughs) It is a trip.
3: (laughs) I mean, to me, it's it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it is funny, Um, you know. I have so many. I have so many people. Uh, (laughs) Oh, sorry, I have so many people that hit me up. You know, and they're like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) they're like man you went from like climbing and like that was your whole life you know which i mean it's you know it's instagram and and that kind of stuff it's it's very easy to you know i don't think you can really completely i mean you can't understand someone from what they they post but it definitely went from climbing and skiing and adventure content to music like overnight and uh, i don't know we've just been grinding and hustling and um we were able to make that happen this year, and but you know that's just I don't know. I'm hoping that's just the start of it. You know, we we're building a band right now, which has been a really cool, a really cool process. You know, up until this point, we've been touring as a duo, and we're going on a tour in two weeks, um, from today, pretty much from well from Tuesday, uh, that you know we're going to be bringing our drummer on, and he's he's an incredible. Incredible dude, Johnny Wall. He he has lived in Maui the last ten years and decided to pick up music again. But he actually you know, he's from Bakersfield. So he was kinda he raised on that Bakersfield country sound, but he was a punk musician back in the late nineties, early two thousands and uh actually recorded with Dave Cobb and Dave Cobb is, you know, he's one of our dream producers and uh has produced, you know chris stapleton and freaking i mean everyone you know (laughs) anyone within the americana country space that you really admire probably has done a record with dave cobb and our drummer freaking recorded one back in 2000 in la with him and um and so it's just been super serendipitous and we've been really lucky and he's coming on the road with us that'll be a good little um you know way to test the waters and we're going down to Austin and back and then next year we're going to be trying to put out a new album because you know I, I love Ten Sleep I love that album but it's not it's pretty raw it's it's pretty raw we didn't really have a producer it was we didn't really know what we were doing honestly we recorded it within you know a month or two of really getting back into music and I'd never really been in music in a, like a professional space before and um
3: yeah <laughs> so it's it's been it's yeah. been cool though well, i
2: mean yeah i I think luck is not the word it's definitely you guys are just really good at what you do <laughs>
3: um, well yeah dude, that's I so cool that. to
2: see you like having success like so quickly um i and it wouldn't surprise me if you guys were like actually headlining things um later because yeah obviously you guys are super dialed and super epic. Well, um, I appreciate that, Jason. But uh,
3: yeah, yeah, you know, um, So, like, we what feel was fortunate. Your... What'd you say? Uh, I just said we feel fortunate. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not luck; it's talent. that's <laughs> you know, what I see. So, what would be like your dream? Like, if you were to make it like super, super
2: big, like, what would be like? your dream venue to play?
1: Oh gosh. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty modest. I, I mean, I don't know how, how modest Red Rocks is, but you know, I got, I got three venues on my list. Really? I got three, three venues. If that's more than that, I'm, you know, I'm good with whatever, you know, and to be honest, you know, uh, when I say we were fortunate, you know, I don't know. We played under the big sky this year. And to me, I never thought I would get to play my music in front of that many people. Uh, ever, ever, you know, I mean, and music was never really on my radar as my personal thing. It wasn't something I like, you know, I, I necessarily shared with a whole lot of people. And so being on that stage was, you know, it's more than a lot of people will ever get to see in their career. And so, that's I'm I'm already there, you know. I'm 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 like happy, but you know, if we're gonna play some bigger shows, I guess I I would choose I would choose Red Rocks as one of those venues. I I choose the Gorge, and I would choose Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because that's where I'm from, and Kane's is just uh you know it, to this day is still maybe my favorite
3: venue, in, you know, in the world. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i i was thinking like the gorge and red rocks is probably the like
0: most (laughs) iconic one
1: yeah i mean they really are i mean the acoustics at red rocks too are just like oh oh let me add a fourth actually shoot uh i told no camille said she'll only marry me if if i propose to her at the ryman uh so so the ryman is on that (laughs) list too otherwise i'm never getting married (laughs)
2: <laughs> otherwise yeah no we're screwed <laughs> um what's your like favorite part of performing in front of like a lot of people
3: and like i guess yeah what's your favorite part and like what's your process like uh to prepare for it oh man
1: you know i've been i've been performing since since i was a kid so I don't I don't think too much about it. I don't know. You know, I, I grew up going to a music school, a conservatory, uh, Bartelma's in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I I started from a really young age playing violin. And I you know I grew up in that you know from that age I grew up playing uh, you know recitals and and shows and honestly there were a lot of people that came to those and I don't know I think from a young age you know I remember yeah I remember back then even being nervous but I feel like when the pressure was on though it's kind of like climbing like in that sense like um you know the pressure kind of comes on and then you just do your job and you're able to do that job because when you're When you're performing, you know, you're just in the moment. You're not thinking about it. It doesn't, you don't have to think about it. It kind of just, ideally, you're not thinking about it. And it just comes and you just do it. And you kind of try to live in that, in that moment and in that space. And uh, just like climbing, you know, you're going to do a big alpine route. You're not, you're not, I mean, you're thinking, but you're also just there. You're not thinking about anyone else. You're not other than your partner and yourself you know everything else is meaningless except for the climb and there and that's like how it is with performing you know you're just you're just there and um i think you're just trying to in my mind in my mind when you're performing you're just trying to create a connection you know and that's like your job so yeah, I guess that's how like... I would answer that question. You know, <laughs> I don't know; it's a weird one for me because I've just been doing it for so long. But in the yeah. end, you know, the goal—the goal—is really to to have fun and and enjoy yourself and and try to try to connect with people because that's the whole point of music, you know.
3: Yeah, totally. So
0: yeah, you you go up there and you're kind of just like executing.
1: Yeah, it's it's execution at that
0: point.
1: Yeah, and ideally, you know, that's the point of rehearsing, you know, is, uh, you know, you rehearse, you get technically where you need to be. And then the performance isn't about, you know, the performance is just execution, but like your mind isn't on that execution. You, You rehearse so that your mind at the performance is on the connection and not the execution.
2: Yeah, you just like going through the motions that you like rehearsed forever. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So that your your energy yeah. can be spent yeah. on you know
3: on 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 being present. Yeah, you, you just like memorize the material and like, okay, like we got this.
1: Yeah, and like the yeah, band's you know? got
2: this, and we've done enough practice. We know. How like to let's go just up there
1: and let's do. just go have fun and like, you yeah. know make
3: this a really good time for everyone. Totally. So, um, can you talk a little bit about like how the road affects you?
2: Um, Like when you're traveling for music?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, the the road, (laughs) the road, um, I was like, I said earlier, I, you know, I think, Climbing and uh, you know loitering in the back of my truck in places for <laughs> for months on end it was a really good little preparatory course for for music because music's a lot easier uh, <laughs> a lot easier than that. So, um, but you know, I definitely it challenges me. I love being on the road personally. You know, you know, right now. You know, I've got Camille, we don't, we don't have kids or anything. So it's very, uh, you know, I, I feel like I can be present on the road and I, I I like, you know, I want to, I'm really, I'm really trying to be present on these tours that are upcoming because, you know, we're trying to have kids in the next couple of years. And, um, right now I don't have to worry about, you know, longing for home or anything like that because I'm comfortable on the road. That's where, that's kind of where I thrive is on the road. I, I love being on the road. I've always loved being on the road and not knowing, you know, necessarily what things are going to look like or, um, <laughs> not knowing what things are going to look yeah. like and, um uh, you know, and, and, and exploring new places and, Uh, i i just love that feeling and so with that being said it does get taxing you know when you uh, some places it's really easy to be on the road and some places it's really hard to be on the road especially when you're on a shoestring budget you know that it's like uh you know being in the middle of la and trying to find a a free spot to camp after playing a a show that was just okay. Uh, you know, it can be pretty mentally taxing and then, and then not necessarily having a home to go back to, you know, luckily, luckily right now we've, we've got a pretty great little setup. And, uh, but the last couple tours, you know, we were on the road for nine months and we had no idea where we were going to land on the end of it. And, um, that, that can be a struggle, you know, and carry a lot of weight. And so, it goes both ways. I love being on the road, but you know, I also also love being at home too. <laughs> it's hard to ride on the road. It's hard to play music. Yeah. It's hard to plug into an amp when you're living out of a teardrop trailer, so
2: Yeah, totally. Like I mean, and I think you're probably going to be on the road for like a long time because <laughs> like your band is really good now, but probably is going to get like way better. And I'm sure you're going to be going through a life of like having to do that all the time. So it's nice that you like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it is a good thing. I like it. Well, it's great. You know, my partner also, we're very, you know, we get, we get very antsy when we're, when we're here longer than like three months, man, we're like, okay, it's time to go. you know it's time to go somewhere new so touring is kind of the best thing cuz we get to you know it's like you know my ideal is like a month on a month off month on month off it's just it's kind of nice it's kind of, it fits yeah, me yeah. that's for
2: sure mhm and i'm sure it fits camille as well obviously
0: um do you guys like have a house in whitefish or
1: yeah man we have you a little right in... now for the time being we have a little cabin up on the north end of whitefish lake and We're about a hundred feet of the lake away from the lake. I'm looking at it right now through my window and it's, it's a nice spot to, we got really lucky to find this place and have it over the summer. And, um, you know, our rehearsal space is just got so much light and it's really easy to write here. It's really quiet too. So it's a good
2: spot. Yeah. Like how many times a week do you rehearse? Like, like, what's your schedule there?
1: You know, right now it's just once. Um, you know, prior to to our bigger gig in July, we had gotten, basically, we would gotten back from the road in February and we hadn't really played a whole bunch with the band. We had two shows last summer. And to be honest, I look at those shows and I don't understand how we did it because we played with a four-piece band and we we'd had maybe a couple hours of rehearsal each and um you know played these i mean sets here are pretty long you know they're like two to three hours and and we just cranked out all these songs and i look at those set lists at the time and i'm just like i don't i don't know how we made it through those shows and so anyways when we got back in february to get tight with our guitarist uh and our drummer we we were rehearsing twice a week um and and then since then, though, it's been a it's been about once a week, and sometimes twice, you know. And then we get together to write a lot as well, um, and and you know, hang, write, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. My bandmates are my best friends, you know, so we get yeah. together a lot.
2: <laughs> and another question that I always like to ask musicians is like, how do you memorize all of those songs that you're going to play? Like so amazingly, and like so, yeah. Well, it's like, damn hard. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's it's so funny. We'll be at a show, and someone, and, and which has been a really funny, like, recent thing. You know, someone will like holler out like "Ghost Town" or something, and I'm like, I, honestly, like, you know, we we went through the last two years, we were playing those songs so much. Um, you know, uh you know during the summers we actually here in whitefish you know we play sometimes two or three times a week um like i said like working working music and uh and there are these dinner shows here and whitefish has a great community for that you know whitefish loves music and the flathead valley they love music and unlike any other mountain town i've ever really been in there's just so many musicians here and songwriters great songwriters and um and venues and So I think that's a part of it though, is, is we just play a lot of shows and, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It just kind of comes. And, uh, I mean, it's hard sometimes though. Like you, you kind of, and especially for me because I write a lot and I always want to play the new stuff. So things like ghost town, like I said, we were playing a show not too long ago, a couple months ago and someone from the crowd like requested ghost town and i was just like man i haven't, I haven't played this song in a year and uh that was that was kind of crazy it's funny like I, I mean it's hard to remember 3 hours worth of music it's but um yeah you kind of just do it you play it enough i don't know i've played ghost town like probably a thousand times <laughs> but i still sometimes have problems remembering it it's it's weird but yeah do you ever like mess it up oh god yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's why you know you kind of you, you just have to laugh about it and uh you can't take yourself too seriously and just keep having a good time because you know i don't know i've seen some other musicians and you know someone in the band will mess up and the lead guy will get into a funk and it's just like i don't know I, I you know and then the audience can feel that and um you just got to you just got to laugh about it and move on. God, I mess up all the time. And you know, I I do my best to figure that stuff out in the rehearsals and but you know, nothing nothing ever goes exactly right, but you can still have fun with it and um yeah, that always gets interesting, man. Sometimes sometimes I'll mess up and then I don't stop and start over, you know? I'll just like freestyle some lyrics and I'll tell you what I I could never rap or anything like that because my freestyle lyrics are are terrible but they usually make people laugh a little bit so
2: yeah I mean I think the audience like doesn't notice as much as maybe you do but
1: (laughs) yeah exactly that's the other part of it you know most people are vibing they're not listening to every single word you say at least up here I don't know down in Texas it might be a little different but
3: <laughs> yeah maybe in Nashville too they, they know what you're doing but, but no. <laughs> yeah dude i mean i've just been following like everything you've been doing lately and it's like really intriguing um, yeah so let me ask you this, does it ever get like super tiring? And do you ever have like
2: um do you ever like go back on like should I be doing this? Or is it always just like, yep, yeah, I'm going forward, like this is amazing, I love it.
1: Yeah, man. I mean <laughs>
3: um Sometimes my brain is
1: you know, it asks like, Okay, you're you're twenty eight, you know? is, and, and, you know, to be honest, you know, I might be a, 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 you know, I'm a songwriter, but, you know, I know, you know, I look at a lot of people that play guitar, you know, and I'm not, I'm not those guys, you know, I, I don't know, like, you know, I'm not the best guitarist. I'm, I know I'm not the best performer, but, um, but I love music and, um, and I've been doing it since I was a kid, and it's something that's always been in my life, you know, and that's kind of what I always fall back on is all those years I spent in Tahoe, where I thought like my life was leading to professional alpinism and uh photo and video work, and you know all that stuff, which was still a creative pursuit, and I still love those things, like I'm still working with some brands and doing. Photo and video work. And, you know, I still hold that close. But the thing about music is it's just always been there. It's always been there, no matter what else I was working on. It was always on the back burner and always a part of my life. And, um, and I think during COVID, I just kind of realized that I had some, some stories to share. And, and I thought they could maybe touch some other people and um and even if they didn't I like had to follow through with it for myself like I I I had stories that I had to get out of me and um and basically since then that hasn't stopped and I I don't really burn out from music you know I mean sometimes I burn out a little bit from dinner shows like but those are what pay the bills here you know we don't, we don't have too much rent because our dinner shows cover most of it, and um, and that's hard work because most of the time up here you're not really playing to an engaged audience. You're playing, you you know your background music for for their dinner or the brewery or whatever, and that can get really exhausting. But in the end, though, in the end, to me, the best job in the world is still playing to a room with no one in it you know it's still uh, if you put aside your ego you know that's the only place that sometimes hits me a little bit you know it's still the best job in the world to me um, and and when there are people there and you have those really good nights it makes up for everything else and um, and in the end I get to do it with the person that I love, the people that I love. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's
3: not something that I ever really, I don't second guess it. Yeah. That's awesome. Like you found like the thing you really
2: love and you don't second guess it. Yeah. It's not like you're like going through life, like, Oh, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? You're like, yes, I should be doing this.
1: I yeah, I think another part of it too is like, um, I, I think I have a a good ability to to separate the creative from the business part of it too, because, uh, you know, making music is obviously the part that I enjoy, like the making and the performing. But right now, there's a lot more that goes into it. You know, we book all of our own tours. We're we're the ones financing everything. We're booking everything. And, and marketing and just every, you know, it's, it's all independent, it's all on us right now. And that's, that's a lot of work. And I think that's where some burnout can come from. But for some reason, I I am able to kind of separate the two and I'm not letting the, you know, at least, <laughs> at least not yet. The business part of it isn't really affecting the creative joy, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping it stays that way.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, once you get bigger, then you don't have to deal with that as much, I think.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ideally. And you will get bigger. Your music is amazing, so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm so stoked that you, like, found
2: something that, like, you're very good at and that you will continue to love for the rest of your life. Like, that's kind of the dream, you know? It's like, that's what we all want to find.
1: It is the dream. You know, we talk about making it all the time like what it means to make it. And, you know, (laughs) I have goals, obviously, but, you know, I'm I'm sitting in a cabin on the north end of Whitefish Lake, I get to ski all winter and go up to Banff and go to, you know, climb the bugaboos in the in the summer next year. And, you know, in between tours, and (laughs) and I get to go out and play music and make money. And, you know, I'm still working at a still working at a brewery three days a week. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty damn happy. And, you know, that's to me, that's making it. So, uh, you know, we have a long way to go, but, you know, I'm just so grateful for everything, everything we have right now.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you get to travel a lot and, you know, the music just makes it so you can keep going, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, like, what's your definition of like super making it
2: just like making a living doing it, or do you aspire to be like on
1: top of the world? Or, (laughs) oh man, um, (laughs) I, you know, for me, I would be happy if I could pay for a family, yeah, you know, that's that's making it if I freedom. Freedom of time. I'll never work a nine to five in my life. You know, I'm whether it's music or something else. Like, I time is so important to me, and um, but family is important. So, you know, being able to have freedom of time, being able to go where you want and uh, do what you want, and and be able to support a family with that is, you know, that's making it in my mind. Yeah,
2: yeah. you don't need to, like, be super larger than life. Just, like, quite enough to be able to support yourself, your loved ones, and
1: not have to... Yeah, exactly. Most of my friends would probably tell you that I'm enough already anyways, so...
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of, like, what the podcast is about. It's, like, exploring, like, ways to do that, you know?
2: ways to not have to work the 9-to-5, ways to follow your passions and, like, be able to make it in, like, the way that you want to make it
3: in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good thing. Yeah. There's a a lot of great stories out there, man. There's a lot of great stories. Yeah. I mean, you're a great story. I think most people I've talked to have
2: all had, like, great stories which i mean i'm personally like very happy that i know all these like amazing people that i can like you know um (laughs) coax them to like be on this podcast and talk to them about it but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of passion out there um it's very inspiring in like tons of different ways especially like ways that i don't know how to
3: go towards like you with music i have no idea how to do music things But yeah, it's been quite fun.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. You've had some cool people on here and yeah. I mean, just, just knowing you, man, there's, there's, (laughs) you've kind of put yourself into a lot of people's lives and, uh, there's a lot of people out there that love you and you know, that are really cool people and you know, it's, it's cool that you're putting yourself in a position where you can share their stories and. And some of your own, you know, because you have them too.
3: Yeah, I try not to talk too much about myself um, on these podcasts, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, also I'm like kind of going through like multiple
2: back-to-back breakups and it's like not been that fun. So
3: I'm really enjoying like just doing the pod and, you know, talking to people and I, don't know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Oh, that's a good thing, man. Yeah, so what are you looking at right now? You're in Whitefish. You're like staring out the window.
2: What what do you like about Whitefish the most?
1: Oh, man. Oh, uh, you know, moving here, the first thing that that came to my mind was the community. Um, it's you know it's just really I met so many people right off the bat you know I think the first night I was here Camille and I went over to this bar that's actually not around anymore but they did a uh, they did an open mic every week you know and and it was the first time I'd played any songs in front of anyone uh, you know you know not around a campfire in, uh, probably a decade. And, uh, so I, I went out to that open mic and I remember meeting multiple people that night and, you know, one of them, one of them came up and he gave me his business card and he was like, man, if you ever need a cup of sugar, you just call me. And, uh, you know, him and his wife are, are, you know one uh, some of my closest friends and uh just everyone here is for the most part you know within whitefish the community is just really supportive of each other, like the food bank here um is is unlike any any other I've ever seen, you know, and for instance, like that's just one thing, but like um uh, community events and uh the locality and like eating, you know, you can really eat close to the ground here. If that makes sense, you know, you you go to, you could go to Safeway and stuff there is more expensive than going to the third street market and picking up beef that was sourced from like a mile away at a ranch and, and, uh, eggs that were, you know, again, they're from like a mile away. And, the produce and just everything. And, you know, we were a part of the community garden this year. Um, Camille was, and we grew a lot of food and it's just, it's really easy to feel a part of a community and to feel, it's just wholesome. And I love that. Um, I just love that. And, you know, it comes with its caveats, you know, like, uh, there's more, There's more outdoor access in Montana probably than, you know, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but more than like a lot of other states, most other states, really. Um, And we live 30 minutes from Glacier National Park, which Glacier is its own thing and it's huge. And it stretches up into Canada, but even outside of Glacier, you have the Bob Marshall and... Uh, you know, it's just millions and millions and millions of acres of public land. And, uh, but access for climbing isn't great. And access for backcountry skiing isn't, isn't, you know, what I'm used to, you know, after living in Tahoe, it's, it's really hard to find those things. Like RG light is not granite. That's for sure. Uh, (laughs) Um, but, um, but that's not necessarily You know, we travel and we get to, we get to climb, you know, like last, last fall was really special, man. Um, we got to, we were going through California and we played the Awani in uh, on Thanksgiving because we were in Yosemite for Thanksgiving and we were like, all right, well, we could either, (laughs) either eat, uh, eat like steaks at the, (laughs) the campground there or we could uh we could go try to get a show at the Iwani and we got a show at the Iwani and they hadn't had music there since like the 70s apparently and um uh, and that was just like such a special night and we got to climb you know and so we still get that we, we went up to Banff and did a multi-pitch you know a couple weeks ago and that was really fun and so that's still a part of our lives but that's like the one thing that's missing from here otherwise it is just paradise because i mean it's beautiful i mean it's so beautiful and especially i mean it just snowed (laughs) it's october which is kind of a little frustrating but man fall has been long and beautiful and the cool thing about montana too is it's kind of like the pacific northwest you know you get you get all the larches so it's not just aspens that are turning it's you know all these trees that look like just pines and evergreens they they turn yellow too it's all the larches and it's just it's stunning here it's absolutely beautiful and then outside of that the local community uh for music is just really good um you know there wasn't from what i understand you know i wasn't seeking it out a lot but i remember in tahoe the music scene basically consisted of like and don't get me wrong, I love reggae, and I love jam bands. I love the Grateful Dead. But man, everyone there wanted to play reggae or the dead. And I just like, you know, it's it's hard to find a mountain community that's really, really into like all kinds of music. And, and Whitefish kind of checked that box for me. Because everyone here is just, everyone loves music. And that's like a really cool thing. But Yeah, yeah.
2: sure. It's, uh, it's getting a little better. There's some is it? <laughs> grass in some country. Nice. It's kind of coming in, you know. Um, you know, we got a couple of local bands. Like, you know, I'm sure you know, like, Boot
1: Juice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, Boot Juice just, just came through uh, Missoula, I think. I, I saw something. I remember seeing them yeah, years like, ago at cool.
3: uh, at D-Sky. Yeah, D-Sky is, like, where kind of all goes down now. Is it nice? Yeah. It's a good spot. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's still going. Yeah, love that spot. Yeah, dude. I'm like just so inspired by like the lifestyle you've you've
2: like made for yourself, and um, you know, your beautiful girlfriend, your beautiful life. Uh, are you guys gonna get married soon? Are you married? I don't know.
1: Well, like I said, I'm I'm not allowed to propose unless it's at the Ryman. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but yes, I am lucky, man, to to be able to <laughs> live nine months out of a teardrop trailer with someone and have them not just like hate your guts. Uh, <laughs> and, oh you know, yeah, I she know. inspires I me so much, is. and she's a great songwriter, and um, no, I'm I'm very blessed to to
3: to be in the place that I am right now. Yeah, dude, you're thriving. Um, From the way I can tell.
2: So stoked for you. Yeah. Thanks, my friend. I know like living out of a small vehicle with somebody is quite hard. Like I did Burning Man with um, my partner at the time. And it was hard. Like we didn't really get along that well. Even for just a week. So
1: yeah. Dude, I I forgot you went to Burning my brother went to Burning, man. <laughs> this year, which this year was kind of an interesting year there, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Interesting is definitely <laughs> need the word for
2: it.
3: <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. We we so we planned to be there from like the start
2: on Friday to the end on like Thursday night I think was I think it was yeah um, but uh, we ended up having to stay like two or three more days I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was three more days just because of like the mud thing
1: oh yeah another mud thing <laughs> that was the thing
2: yeah the, I mean that was uh, kind of a funny thing because like none of us had like any internet connection really so we didn't know like how much of a shit show it was like on the news and stuff oh um, yeah there were like little whispers of like people were like talking about us on like an international scale and like <laughs> i don't know i guess there's like like disease things going around like oh really were, like, oh there's like Ebola in there or, like oh my gosh well <laughs> like yeah while we were there we like didn't really know yeah <laughs> anything yeah that's, that's what happening. my brother
1: was saying and, like, it- That's the trip. Like, uh, I mean, mean, (laughs) first, I mean, not the first, I'm sure, but hurricane hits the west coast like during the week of Burning Man. You know what? What Trey, my brother, was saying too is I didn't, I didn't even ever put it, put it together. But you know that uh, uh, the dirt out there, you know, is more like clay when it gets wet, and so it's not just like mud. It's like it's like sticky clay mud. yeah yeah it's clay essentially yeah
4: <laughs>
2: Um. yeah well like that was funny because I was in the middle of like running a half marathon and when, like, when it hit I was like way out towards like the temple which is like farther than the man and yeah. I was like running back and like maybe halfway between me running back to my camp like the muck started and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this is going to be a huge problem. Cause like you can no longer ride bikes. like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, the what? same
1: thing happened He's to like, my brother. He like went out to the temple and he was actually, you know, he was, I don't know if I should even say this on the podcast. I, I, well, he he had gone out to the temple, you know, and, um, and, you know, was on a couple mushrooms and, um, and that was like, oh, I wonder yeah, if you guys crossed right. paths. That would have been so funny because literally the same exact time, like he went out there on his bike and then it started like raining pretty hard and he couldn't see, I guess. And, uh, had a hard day. <laughs> he, like he like went the opposite direction of like the way he was supposed to go and ended up having, I don't know. It turned into quite the journey, I guess. But that'd be funny if y'all crossed paths yeah. at the temple. yeah I don't know I was pretty
2: sober I don't know I had a pretty sober burn um as far as like like drug things um I definitely like drank a lot of alcohol and like I did some ketamine and stuff but like I was pretty sober like as far as everybody else was um yeah so I don't know we probably I mean we might have like saw each other running back after that but yeah
3: I don't know yeah, but like the thing was like, okay, now we're stuck. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we have at least two days to like get the playa like
2: back to normal so that we can actually drive. <laughs> but it was so surprising, like how many people tried to
1: drive out. Um, <laughs> uh, they should, and then that became like that. kind of a yeah. You know, people were mad, you know. I mean,
3: understandably oh, we were, too. Yeah, everybody was pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, like, the, so there's, like, the radio station there um, that everybody, like, kind of tunes into for, like, news and stuff, and, like, Mm -hmm. that became, like, a huge thing. Um, Yeah, that, like, on the radio, they were like, if you see anybody trying to leave right now, yell at them and shame them as much as you can, (laughs) because it's going to make Exodus, like, way harder. Like, we're all going to have to be here for way longer. And, like, people are just stuck. Like, w- like one night, there was at least 300 vehicles, like, stuck in the mud. Oh, my god. At least gosh. What, that's what they said over the radio. Wow. And, <laughs> and it was kind of, we were just all kind of just like, yeah, just, like, stop. Like, don't try to leave right now. Like, cool, if you have to go to work,
3: like, it's international news. People will understand if you're late for work. So... so. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I talked to a guy that had been to Burning Man for like
2: you know twenty years or something, and he was like, "Dude, if this was my first year, or if last year was my first year, I would have never come back." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like this has been a shit show the couple of days. It's not like not normally like this. Oh, so, okay. Well I mean, I'm still kind of stoked, but
1: yeah, you know it was my brother's first year, and I know that he's he's really excited he um he'd got a grant to do a piece of artwork at, uh there in Colorado and uh took it out there and he was he was so stoked on it um i mean house music isn't really his jam he's an e d m artist but uh he still he loved it, you know he had he had such a good time. I know. I think he's he's there. He's going to be he's going to be going back, that's for sure.
3: I'd go. Yeah, I, think I think I could
1: only make it a couple everywhere. days
3: though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's expensive so I would say like definitely like go the whole time. Um, yeah. Like the barrier to entry ticket is like I don't know, $700 maybe.
2: No, it is a lot. Like if you want to bring in a vehicle in, and then like you have to buy all your food and supplies as well. Um, so yeah, and then like if you're joining a camp, then there's camp dues involved. Like I don't really think you can do the burn for less than like a hundred, for like a thousand dollars. Yeah, That's probably like the the like cheapest you could possibly do it.
3: Um, but then when you get there, everything's free for a week. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's just yeah, like it looks interesting. It looks, everything. it looks wild. It
1: looks like a otherworldly kind of experience.
3: Yeah, no, it is <laughs> <laughs> to
1: um, say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: my advice would like would be like don't bring a partner that you're not like really, really, really solid with. Um, because there's, like, so much temptation. Uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. There's,
2: like, a lot of drugs going on and lots of sexy people and lots of open, openly, like, sexual
3: things that happen. And, uh, yeah, I would just not... I would go single or, like, bring somebody that you're super-duper-duper duper solid with. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you're
2: bringing a partner.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be fun to do, like, I don't know. I, I love the artistic expression part of it. You know, I would love to do, like, a float. I think that would be so much fun. I'd love to do a float with a stage yeah. and then, like, drive around with the band. That would be fun. That, in my eyes, that that's, like, that sounds like a
3: vibe.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, like, basically, like, the sky is the limit in, like, every way. <laughs> that's a burn, like, um. Nobody holds back anything. It's, you know, and there's like billions of dollars put into like these epic art installations and these like epic art cars and, you know, endless alcohol, lots of drugs going around, lots of sexual themes, like lots of everything. Like it's, it's quite overstimulating, I would say, is, <laughs> uh, is Bernie, man. But, uh, But it's also such a beautiful and sacred place. It's like everything you want it to be. Like you can totally like curate it to the way you want it to be because it's like a huge city. There's like all kinds of different things. I mean, like my burn was mostly sober and I like ran a lot and I like did like fitness challenges. um, That's awesome, dude. That's cool. Yeah, and, like, worked out a lot and, like, boxed a lot. Um, and, like, yeah, I was, like, you know, it, like, the burn is anything you want it to be, but there
3: is a lot of temptation to go in any way you want to. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like fun, man. Yeah. You've been into boxing. Yeah, yeah,
2: there was, like, a boxing camp that I, uh I went to it was like kind of like an MMA sort of like camp thing. Yeah. Dude,
1: that's wild. That's like yeah. not what I think of when I think of Burning Man. <laughs> dude.
2: Dude, the thing is like there's
3: everything. Yeah. No, like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, like when you think of it, it's like
2: Lake Tahoe is 25,000 people. Yeah. Burning Man is 70,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a city like there's cafes restaurants bars uh, pretty much everything you can think of and like you can curate your burn like to whatever you want it to be because there's basically every activity like volleyball baseball football like everything um that's so cool yeah boxing like people set up like huge gymnastics structures there's like um high lines there's like simulated base jumps um, there's rock climbing it's like basically anything that like a normal city
3: like a really cool city would have yeah. but it's all like there just for a week <laughs> that's a trip that's no, so awesome. cool I would I would go and like also there's no money involved at all like it costs money to get there but when you get there everything's free that's true yeah, <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah. Wow, God, I'm, I Camille despises dad jokes, man, and I'm just full of them. <laughs> Some dad jokes. <laughs> 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 What's a dad joke? Tell me a dad joke.
1: Oh God, dude, I just did <laughs> that. Burning Man's a trip. <laughs> Oh, got you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, the festivals are, like, are cool, man. There. Oh, yeah. There <laughs> sure are. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, there aren't. So, anyway, um, we're at like
2: an hour and 10. This is like usually where I ask if people want to keep talking. Or if they want to get back to their lives sort of thing. So
1: Well dude, I have yeah. today, to be completely honest, my week has been insane and today is my rest day and I am I am happy to talk as long as you want. It's good to talk to you, brother. Like it's been it's been way too long. You know, I've been wanting to run into you the last couple of years and, and that, that opportunity hasn't really hasn't really come up, so you know, I'm I'm happy to keep talking with you. Okay cool.
3: Yeah. I have to go to work <laughs> at four.
1: Yeah, I don't so want to keep you I'm too long. Jason.
3: Cool. Oh no, it's I have like hours. Uh, <laughs> but uh Yeah man, like I guess like what are your like
2: aspirations in climbing or like the outdoors? world like do you have Mm. anything you're like super
0: stoked on that you would like love to do dude that's like
1: not something I've really thought about in a long time you know (laughs) uh you know we go out and we do stuff but it's been you know I don't know we're in a place right now where I don't really get to I don't get to train for outdoor objectives which is you know I mean I go to the gym and I you know I, I do as much like gym training as I can but there's not really a good climbing gym here and like I said the rock here is Not that there's really excuses. I mean, shit. I started climbing when I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But uh, you know, the closest thing to us is more uh, like up in Banff and in British Columbia and Alberta, and which is cool. And we've been getting chances to go up there and taking them, and have been enjoying it. And uh, you know, the last couple tours we've been on some really cool trips. Like we went, we got. A, um, we got a grant from the American Alpine Club, uh, to do, um, some ice climbing up in Cody, uh, two years ago, not two years ago, but like a year ago. Um, and we went up with a really good friend that guides up there during the winter and had just like such a good time, man. A couple days of of like multi-pitch ice climbing and, um, you know, that's kind of always where my heart's been is more in the, the Alpine kind of objectives. And, um, we got to, I got to share Yosemite with Camille. She'd never been there ever. And so, uh, you know, we did some climbing when we were in the Valley last fall and that was, that was incredible too. I really, you know, I really, I mean, it's, (laughs) I don't want to call it a goal, but, uh, you know, cause I spent so much time there, but I really want to share the, the Eastern side of the Sierras with Camille. Um, Hopefully if not this summer, you know, in the next year or two, I really want to get, get out there and, you know, do the triple crown, do, do some, do some fun stuff up, up in the Sierra. I, I just love the Sierra so much, man. And I miss them. I miss them to death. I miss that granite and, and the long days, and um, you know, it's a little scary here. Doing, I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird moving here. The only qualm I really have, other than access and whitefish, is dude. There's just grizzlies everywhere. It's like the highest concentration of grizzlies anywhere. And so, doing solo activities is like, or like long solo days, which I used to do in the Sierra. You know, I'd go out and do like a a 30 mile like run slash scramble you know and and here you can't i don't know it's it's a little a little scary honestly (laughs) honestly to do that kind of stuff and so it's been it's been kind of tough and that's why i I mean i don't know how long we're going to be in whitefish because camille and i are both craving more of that in our lives right now um we're being drawn back to that a little bit but um objective wise though right now we we realized pretty recently that the bugaboos are you know like three and a half hours away from where we live and um so we're gonna try to do a trip this next year and go get some climbing in in the bugaboos and that's always been like a huge dream of mine you know there's some of the most beautiful mountains in the world and they're at our doorstep right now which is crazy and um So that's kind of on our list. And, and, you know, we're going to try to make the most of the ski season, you know, we're both skiing and, um, whitefish is a great, it's a small mountain, but it's a really good mountain. And, um, and the beautiful thing about where we're living though, is, you know, it's just a hop, skip and a jump to, you know, some of the best ski areas in the world. Like, so we're going to try to make the most of, of being so close to Canada. We're going to go to Banff and, uh, and Alberta and go ski like Revelstoke and and Kicking Horse and Rogers Pass in the spring and a few other places and and the beautiful thing is Canada loves music too so we're gonna try to do a, a bunch of little trips this winter um, since we're gonna be here and not touring you know we're going out on tour in November but when we get back we're gonna try to make the most of things and go up and play some shows and uh, and then ski and just kind of take advantage of the, of where we're at right now. You know, I don't know if we're going to be spending another winter in whitefish. We might be, you never know if I've learned one thing for the past few years is I, I don't think I could ever guess where I'm going to be in a year, but, um, yeah. So my goals are mostly in like skiing and in, in the bugaboos. And, um, I don't know. I think the, the days though, of, I don't know. I look back to, to where I was a couple of years ago, and it's kind of sad, but I also uh, you know I went through a little bit of a tumultuous relationship season in my life a couple of years ago, and I went really hard on climbing and I went really hard on ice and mixed and I made a lot of decisions back then on some climbs that I look back on right now and i'm like i I don't know not not necessarily on rock rock I always Kept it pretty PG 13, but, uh, (laughs) um, but, you know, when, when my buddy Dave and I were doing a lot of the mixed climbing and aid and stuff like that, it, you know, there were some decisions I made for sure that probably weren't the safest. And my, um, my risk tolerance and like kind of the way I, uh, I look at risk has, has definitely changed over, over the last couple years, I think. Um, and so, uh, probably I'm not getting after it and I probably won't ever get after it as hard as I did there for a second. Or if I do, it won't be in the same, I don't know. I I have a different mindset now on a lot of that. And, um, yeah, but we're, you know, we're still getting after it. We're, you know, we went and climbed and skied hood, uh, for Camille's birthday in in May this year. And that was a lot of fun. And that was the first time I'd got to go up the pearly gates and, um, and be on hood and like, what a, what a fun mountain. And I know she wants to share the cascades cause that's like her, her stomping ground and I'm excited to explore those. And, um, but yeah man. I don't know. It's kind of you know at this point i I have objectives, but I also I'm just happy to happy to have fun in the mountains. you know it's not the part of my life anymore where I feel like I need to
3: really push things you know
2: yeah totally i mean, I feel the same i've uh I've done my fair share of pushing, and yeah, <laughs> I don't know ultimately like. Yeah, it's it's fun to like have those accomplishments like done. You know, I've a couple of times. I've done some harder technical routes in Yosemite as well. And I don't know. Like at this point in my life, I'm like, maybe like
0: once a year I'll try
2: to do something like that. But I'm no longer like really that stoked on like pushing it too hard, you know. But yeah, you know, I'm coming into my 30s now, and you know, my 20s were definitely pushing it and. You know, sometimes when I think back to the things I did in my 20s, I'm like, well, I'm kind of
1: surprised
2: I'm alive still. Yeah. So nice, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> in several yeah, arenas.
4: Okay,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, in several arenas, definitely. <laughs> like, yeah, the partying and the climbing and the, like, skiing and snowboarding,
3: Um, you know. But I wouldn't take back a second of it. That's for damn sure. Yep, that's what your 20s are for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just living in a van forever. uh, Dude, do you still still have that van? Yeah,
2: yep. Still drive it every day.
1: Yes! All right. That's what I wanted to hear, man. Let's go. Good uh, memories in that van.
2: Uh, yeah, that thing is gonna die with me, or it'll <laughs> oh, die. Dude. Of course, it's gonna die like way before me. But I'm gonna. Dude, you never get rid of that girl.
1: thing, though. You gotta just just hold on to it. <laughs> no, uh,
2: yeah, it's it it holds like way too many memories. It's it's gonna be there for until it cannot be possibly. Dude, many I'll
1: many I'll just never forget ever forget seeing i think we were we were driving like uh at the time jenna and i were driving behind you in the truck and we were going up to crack house and you know there's that little section of road on that road where it's like kind of like a staircase on the slick rock I just remember seeing the back of that van bouncing up and down, like, those stairs, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, oh, I I don't, I can't believe that van is still going. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, dude,
2: it's it's still going. (laughs) That's so incredible. I love it. Yeah, I mean, like, the abuse I put it through, yeah, totally crazy. Like, that kind of thing. (laughs) Like, that kind of vehicle. But yeah, yeah, she's still gone, you know,
3: like almost 10 years later after I put it through all of that stuff. It's so crazy. And then, like, when you were
2: following me up that, like, that was, like, not the first time I'd done that.
1: Oh, I know it was. It was like. (laughs) You were way too confident (laughs) for it to be the first time.
2: Yeah, and like you remember in the creek when um, we tried to go up to find our friends, yeah, like your Tacoma, like almost like it made it, but like it was kind of difficult. And I was like, yeah, the van made it up that, and you're like,
3: (laughs) how? Yeah, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Are you leaking? I just.
3: uh... (laughs) You have any leaks?
4: (laughs) Any broken Uh, CV joints?
2: <laughs> I actually not as much as you would think. I definitely put like a ton of work into it recently. Um Yeah. And like yeah, there's a couple of leaks that I fixed and there's one I have to fix now. But um yeah, I know. It's it's kinda crazy like what you can do with like some tenacity and like some good driving abilities.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's other oh, things
2: yeah. I pushed it through that like should not have made it.
3: Yeah, I just got used to it, you know, because like you need to go places.
1: So, oh yeah, you do need to go places. Man, have you ever been on that road up to? Um... Oh shoot! There, why am I spacing right now? Um, not Emerson. Shoot, that's not a bad road at all. Uh... When you go past the buttermilks and you go up. Do um, you know what I'm talking about? Shoot. kinda. Uh, Man. If you go past the buttermilks and you're going up to uh, the trailhead for... Or is it? Yeah, it, maybe it is Emerson. No, it's not Emerson. Emerson's, Emerson's chill. That's a paved road. I don't know why I'm spacing right now on the name of the mountain, but... Or the area... <laughs> But man, yeah, that that road gets pretty crazy. There's some fun ones in the Sierra, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, like pretty much all those roads up near there are
3: quite washboardy and difficult. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll tell you what, though, that Tacoma's got some miles on it now. I think right before, right before I-, I had bought it, like a couple months before. We were there in in Moab with you, and I think it had had something like 65,000 miles on it. And man, it's been like two years, I think, and I'm at 200,000 miles, and <laughs> it's kind of a trip. <laughs> You've been driving. Uh, yeah, I put almost 150,000 miles on that thing in like two years, which is... Insane, or I guess a little more than that, but
3: um, yeah, kind of a trip. Uh,
2: yeah, that's way more than me. I I think I bought the van at like 125, and it's
3: now like 190, and yeah, yeah, like in almost. I think it's been like eight years since I bought it. Yeah, I only put it on like that
2: much, but yeah, to do that and like like the time you were describing
3: it's it's absurd (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway I think my buddy just texted me and said he wanted to
2: go to the gear store and pick out some big wall gear so Dude, I heard there's a new gear
1: store in Tahoe. I think I saw that. Is that
2: of what you're speaking? No, we're going to a different one, but um, (laughs) there is one. Yeah, I I bought my mountain bike from it. It's pretty cool. It's a good gear exchange place. Which I am kind of jealous because I want to
3: start that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are uh, Are you planning on sticking around Tahoe?
3: Yeah, I mean, at least through the winter. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna move to Utah again, but uh, yeah, I think all
2: like, didn't really let that happen. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably gonna be in Tahoe for a while.
1: Until, awesome. Well, until I like think we'll be rolling through. We'll be rolling through next spring. So hopefully, I'll get to hopefully I'll get to catch you. It's been too long since I've been to Tahoe. I tried to make it through last year, last spring, but. I think like right, right when I was heading up there, there was like, you know, I mean, last year was insane for y'all. And it was in like March, I think when I was, or February when I was coming back up through and I was like, I was by myself and I had like two days to get to Portland and I was just going to stop in for the night and ended up being just insane up there with snow. So I, I ended up having to just keep on trucking north, but i'm hoping to get back through tahoe this right. spring
3: yeah dude i mean it was wild
2: um, yeah and i guess we're all just like starting to get ready for
3: maybe the same thing we just don't know <laughs> yeah but yeah it it's kind of wild yeah all right dude great pod love you so much thank you
2: for yeah talking. it was great
1: talking to me to you man Love you too, brother. Um, yeah, take care of yourself, and uh, yeah, hopefully, I'll hopefully, I'll see you in the spring. <laughs>
0: I think there is something so cool about being able to interact with like musical artists that you really, really enjoy. I think even if I hadn't met Rat and Camille, I would have already found them on Spotify or something and been already in love with the music they've made. And I'm so lucky to be able to know them. And I hope that you guys will be able to connect with them Radio Ranch and listen to it and connect to it as much as I do because I really love them and they're really cool and I think they're going very far thank you again for listening to the Roots Away podcast Jason Ringenberg love y'all, love yourself
4: you you That do do, do, do.